Live from Seville, this is The Twilight Show with Harry Waters and you are listening live. Good afternoon, good evening, good night. Uh, I hope you're well. Um, I am well. I, I'm, I'm well, but I'm also chilly. Uh, it's not particularly warm here in Seville at the moment. Um, if you could see me, you would see I'm wearing my trusty woolly hat um, to, to keep me warm from the, the icy cold. I think it's probably about nine degrees, to be honest. Um, so it's not actually all that bad. Um, I can see my wonderful guest has entered without any hitches thus far. Um, so that's good news. Um, I will introduce her very soon. Don't worry. Don't worry. I will introduce her soon. But before that, I am going to to let you know about the week that was um, since I last spoke to you when we were talking about emergent language. Um, I got kind of obsessed with emergent language in my classes this week um, and, and built on various different phrases that came out. And, and I've made sure that that all of my all of my students now um, are, are using different greetings that came up in the class, and and yeah, they wanted to to ask how they could say that they were fine, but not just saying I'm fine. So they're all now saying I'm all right, which uh, which was funny at first because you know I'm all right here and there, I'm all right, I'm all right, and then I said, oh, how's your partner? And they said, well, she's I'm all right, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we need to work on that one. She's all right, or I'm all right. I'm all right. No, I'm all right. Okay. So yeah, they're seven. Okay. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not like the, it's not the a high advanced level class, but yeah, it's been great. It's been fun working on what they, they wanted to know and, and stuff like that. And, and coming up with this new language, we are working on food at the moment. So we did a lot of fun things and we worked on a menu and now everybody knows what fish fingers are. They, they also know, um, they also know what vegan fish fingers are, which is quite funny because obviously vegan fish doesn't doesn't actually exist. But yeah, so we were talking about cauliflower fish fingers and how they really did taste pretty good. So if you are at your local Lidl anytime soon, not to promote or anything, you may well be able to get your hands on some lovely, some delightful uh, vegan um fish fingers so yeah that was one of my my students decided her name that day be fish fingers so uh now Jimena has decided that her name will be fish fingers that emerged from the class which is uh yeah so, so that was one thing that happened this week um we're also preparing here for for carnival which is coming up in february um towards the end of february on the the 18th i believe it is uh so there's been lots of repurposing of old clothes to make new clothes and and fashioning of leaves from from different places and and lots of green and and all of these outfits are coming together at which point I discovered I won't actually be able to attend the carnival um, much to my dismay uh, as I've been asked to, to go and give a few talks so I will be I will be off on a on a teacher training week that week which it's very exciting to be honest I'm very much looking forward to it um, I I do love uh, a week of intensive teacher training. Um, it does mean, however, I'll be away from Fish Fingers and the gang. Uh, so, um, yeah, it, it will be different, and it, but I'm sure it will be it will be fun nonetheless. It will be it'll be nice to it'll be nice to be doing some some teacher training again with with real people face to face, and uh, yeah, being able to to 
actually look into people's eyes is something that I never thought I would be so grateful for this last year or so after obviously we had you know we don't need to go over everything where we went online and stuff like that where we all lost our minds and so on and so forth <clears throat> um but this this being able to see people and actually connect with people makes a, a huge difference for me don't get me wrong i love a good webinar um i love giving webinars i love being involved in webinars but there's something about the human connection that you can't quite replace in any other way and um so there are those those aspects of course that i i absolutely i'm so delighted to be back in touch with as we're back in the classroom um so as i as i mentioned there about this this going online it you know we all did it it was it was tricky for everybody and and it certainly stunted a lot of what we were doing, but it also enhanced a lot of what we were doing. And we're going to focus on um, some really excellent things today. And on, and when I do speak to, when I do bring my guest in, which will be very soon, don't worry. Um, we're going to talk about um, STEAM education, social emotional learning and creativity. Um, some pretty heavy topics. And I, it would be nice to look at them in relation of, you know, both in our online learning sphere, but also in our, our presential that's how we say it in spanish face-to-face -face learning um so i will very shortly be asking uh, my wonderful guest to join us but before that um just this have a listen closely this show is brought to you in partnership with john Katz educational a leading publisher of books directories educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the uk and beyond have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. So there we are. Um, that is who we are brought to you by, by John Cat. And now I'm going to um, introduce my wonderful guest uh, who is here. Um, I can see her in the background. Uh, she's warned that there may be a spotty connection. Now, this is because, now, I have to say this, she is currently living the dream and being on a boat. Now, who doesn't want to be on a boat? If you can tell me anyone that doesn't want to be on a boat, then, you know, well, maybe somebody who's not particularly fond of the water. But anyway, um, I'm delighted to, to welcome uh, a creative learning consultant and therapist. It's Bianca Peel. We connected a little while ago. Um, over environmental issues, um, unsurprisingly, as that's how I connect with most people. Um, but she deals with a whole lot more uh, than, than, I'm not going to say just the environment, because I know it's massive. So, Bianca, if possible, if you could unmute yourself and come in, it would be delightful to, to have you in here. Hello. Hi, Harry. How's it going? Thanks for having me on the show. It's, oh, it's going very well, thank you. It's, it's a pleasure to have you. Now, I think I invited you to come on the show probably about forever ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was um, it was uh, around about I think it was November or December, and then life got in the way, you know. <laughs> it does that, doesn't it? It's yeah, so, so annoying. Yeah, it's so it, annoying. Why does it yeah. always do that? <laughs> uh, but uh, you're here now. You're, yeah. you're, you've you made it, um, and I'm delighted Yay. to have you on. Thank you so much. I have to apologize in advance. My connection is quite spotty. As as you said, I am currently on a canal boat. 
in um, cold temperatures. <laughs> so um, trying to get a signal through the big metal case that's around me sometimes doesn't work. <laughs> it must be quite chilly, actually, on a, on a boat. Do you have central heating? Uh, I'd like to say yes, but no, we have, um, we have a, a wood burner, um, which we use when we're not plugged into the mains. Um, we're currently plugged into the mains at the moment now, so we can, we can use heaters. So that's okay, then. But we try, we try not to do it too much because, you know, being uh, environmentally conscious and all, we try to be a bit more sustainable with what we do in terms of heating. So. Like yeah. you said, upcycling clothing to make it warmer and <laughs> all those kinds of things come in handy. Yeah, exactly. Um, all, all of these, yeah, I think I've got, I've not, I've not not worn pyjama pants, trousers for quite a few days. And that's, you know, <laughs> underneath, underneath whatever else I'm wearing. So, you know, and, and it's not that cold here in Spain. The only difference is the houses really yeah. aren't built for the cold. So if it's if it's yeah, 10 degrees yeah. outside, it's eight degrees inside because it's, you know, keeping you cool oh, just goodness, in case. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's been quite I chilly. Um, yeah, and, and I <laughs> imagine it's similar on a boat. The needs satisfied. <laughs> exactly. Um, so before, before we continue talking about um, how cold it is, <laughs> I would like to know a little bit about you. Um, so how did you get to where you are and what is a creative learning consultant and therapist? Right, I know. Um, so it all started with a backpacking trip many, 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 many years ago uh, to explore living in another country and working with disadvantaged youth. And after that, I was like, right, I want to be working with people I want to be working in education I want to be bringing about change how do I get there so with many meandering twists and turns along the route I qualified as a language teacher specifically English language teaching like we are both in um, I qualified as a Montessori teacher I also worked as a um, tutor at, at academic level in universities. And then, then I got into um, holistic approaches to learning and qualified as a creative therapist, which involves using the arts for healing purposes. Um, so when you combine all of the different pedagogy and academic um, and educational approaches together, thus becomes a Bianca Peel multidisciplinary learning consultant and creative therapist. <laughs> All the things. All of them together. So basically what that means is I um, I draw upon all of the knowledge that I have throughout the different spectrums of educational context and use that to help um, schools, individuals, organizations um, approach learning and learning design in a way that's holistic, um, interdisciplinary, uh, interpersonal, interconnected, and basically preparing people for the future that none of us really know what's to come so that's um it sounds it sounds like a tall order it sounds very <laughs> difficult very very difficult yeah you know i thought that at first but really what what had happened was um as with all of us when covid uh the COVID pandemic hit, a lot of people were impacted in different ways. And for me, it involved being out of work suddenly and falling through the cracks in a lot of contexts. So 
I decided to put all the knowledge and skills that I have into one basket and bet on myself and set up my own company. And that's how it came about. And since then, I've worked on some meaningful and incredible projects that encompass social emotional learning, environmental education, and 21st century learning. So it actually, um, that bet that I made is so far so good. <laughs> I, I think we made a similar bet, to be honest, because um, something very similar happened to myself. Um, yeah. I found myself you know, in the, the September of 2020 without work. Um, and it was like, right, it's it's now or never with with what I wanted to do. And turned yeah. out what I wanted to do was what I loved doing. And Right. Isn't it, it crazy when you connect passion to purpose, what, what wonderful things come about? It really is. It really is. Now, I, I, I'm going to ask you something before we get into the, the nitty gritty now, something related to this. Now, that's something yes. I've found. Oh, Michelle's come in. So I'm going to say hello to Michelle. I've just seen her in the chat there. So hi, Michelle. Um, mm -hmm. Something completely to do with this. I, I imagine Michelle can actually um, also identify with this. And that yeah. is when, when you are so invested in your work and you are so passionate about your work um, and you do, you know, you really love it and you feel like it has meaning and it gives meaning. How hard do you find it to actually disconnect from your work? Yeah. Sorry, can you repeat that? You cut out there. Oh, of course, of course. No, not a problem. So when you're like, when you are as involved as you are with your work and you are as attached as you are to your work and you, yeah. know, you feel the purpose and you have the meaning, how hard is it for you to kind of disconnect from your work? That's a really, really important and uh, relevant question right now to the, the title of our show today. Um, I, last year was a really busy year for me and you when you work for yourself it's really hard to um, give yourself holidays <laughs> because mm -hmm. you think oh this opportunity has just come up so I really need to do it because I don't know if it'll come up again but the reality is um, by doing that you're just emptying your cup e even more each time and without taking those um, breaks or finding ways um, to nourish yourself in, in physically, emotionally, mentally, then then your cup starts to empty rapidly, and then you, you're not actually delivering um, to your passion like you you want to. So, uh, to answer your question, how how do I how do I disconnect? Well, I have to schedule it in. <laughs> so, um, so part of it is scheduling it in, but also. I think the biggest part is um, having a lot of self-awareness, being able to check in with myself and find find out, well, um, am I meeting my basic needs first and foremost? And how, how full is this cup? Um, so uh, once once I can recognize those things, I can then take steps to to either continue working or go, you know what, it's it's OK to take a break now and do the things that that help to nourish myself so that I can then use what I've got to, to help other people. You say I had a very... What about you? What do you do? Well, I, was, I was about to say, you know, today I had a very, um, you know, fill my cup moment. Uh, so I, I'm working on a few projects yeah. at the moment and there's some other things that are coming up. And my wife said to me if she if, if I would like to go into the, the town centre with her because she had a meeting about an exhibition she has coming up. Yeah. She's at an international art fair, by the way, just to show off there. Sorry. Mm, um, nice. So she was going in to see the um, 
the the gallery owner who's you know sending her to the exhibition uh, and she said do you want to yeah. come in and you can just hang around and then we can go and have lunch together and I, I had a lot of work on and I said I'm all right actually mm-hmm. I'm gonna stay here I'm gonna stay here and I'm gonna finish this work uh, so I carried on making the powerpoint yeah. I was making now something brilliant happened then was my wife had actually forgotten her wallet so she called me up and said I've forgotten my wallet can you just get the bus down into town and come and meet me yeah. And then we could go and have lunch. And so we did. And it was that moment where I was like, why didn't I just go in the first place? You know, I right, could have just gone yeah. down. And, you know, it was much nicer to have gone and had lunch with her than to sit at my desk and then think, no, I should go and eat some cereal or something before I start. Um, so, yeah, I, I really had one of those moments. But otherwise, I don't know. I think my most difficult thing is not stopping working. It's stopping thinking about working. You know, I'll just oh, the yeah. ideas will oh, keep yeah, coming in. It's like I need to <laughs> need to not think about that now, or you know, stay in the moment. So I find that yeah. I find that the trickiest. But that is yeah. challenging. Yeah, walking away from yeah. from my desk. And going back to your story. Go ahead. Go ahead. Going back to your story when you when you came back uh, from being at the art gallery in lunch, um, how much more productive did you become? Um, well, I, was there any noticeable difference? Well, yeah, well, I had we I have two classes in the evenings, um, so I didn't go back to my my writing work, which you know is fine. Um, I can I can continue yeah. with that tomorrow. But the but the classes there was a lot more energy than had I just gone from in the you know they were more inventive as well. You know, instead of doing the classes inside, we have volunteer classes for for children Mm -hmm. in the village who who can't afford to go to language academies I was like no I'm not going to do it in the classroom we're going to go outside we're going to do it in the patio so we did it outside in the front garden and you know it was out in the sun and we were running around up there and you know the the ideas were different and had I not gone into the center I don't imagine I would have bothered with that I would have been you know let's sit down let's do this let's do that and it would have been much more traditional whereas it came up being much more playful it was much more fun It was much more student-centred. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't imagine had I sat here, finished that PowerPoint and gone straight on to the, the sustainability curriculum I'm writing, I don't imagine yeah. I'd have been in quite the same mood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, it's very, very important to take that break away from the, the, the norm, so to speak, and, like, allow yourself to be around creative inspiration and other people and satisfying those basic needs as as we hear in Maslow's or um, Bloom's taxonomy so yeah I I totally agree with you (laughs) I think it's really important as well because I hadn't thought of that I hadn't thought at all about the fact that my afternoon classes were better than they would have been if I hadn't been to the center I think that's something really important that I I need to work on certainly is realizing when I've done it rather than just you know doing it and moving on but actually stopping and thinking that was good. Taking a moment for that. reflection, right? Exactly, exactly. Because I do it in my classes with the language or what we felt in class or <laughs> yeah. what we've done, but actually doing it for, for myself, yeah, I, I'd not thought of that. So that's that's actually brilliant. Right? That's put a real new Yeah, that's spin the amazing thing is all of us educators, we're very, very good at parting knowledge and helping others to do better. And we forget to tell ourselves to do the same. And um, so we go into the classroom with an amazing lesson that is inspiring and motivating and engaging. And it has an element of reflection at the end to help solidify that learning. And then we go home and we're like, oh, that's done. Next one. 
<laughs> instead yeah. of doing the same thing for ourselves. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's something nice. that I, I work with and help people to remember to do is that it's a very important part of that process, you know. I, I do like recognize like how lucky I am with my my wife being a being a photographer. She's also freelance, so you know. Oh, fabulous! I don't I don't know if it's good for her, but it's it's good <laughs> for me. We we share an office now. We used to have two separate offices, but now we share an office to to keep warmer. So I get to spend all day with her. I get to have lunch with her at home every day. So that going out to have lunch felt like something special. You know, I'm lucky that I yeah. get to be with her every day and spend a lot of time with her. She's unlucky. She has to yeah. be with me. I'm incredibly annoying. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's just really nice to to be able to do it in that kind of different environment. And and it, I noticed yeah. in myself that it, it, it felt better. But then like related to that, when it came to the students today in the class, when we went outside and got some vitamin D on our skin, I noticed yeah, in them. Yeah, there you go, yeah. Like at first, their behavior was more erratic because it was a whole of new course. kind of environment. But yeah. their attention was better. Um, mm-hmm. Their interest was peaked. Like all of these yeah. things. We've got a dog as well. So, you know, a dog can mm-hmm. be a distraction, but a dog can also be like a great motivation as well. So I just noticed yeah. the classes today were infinitely better. Um, and, and we were talking about wow. the different things that, that, you know there were on our menu uh, you know there is this there yeah. are that and we were building this menu and Fantastic. yeah it was yeah, it was amazing it's amazing how just being in in and around nature and natural spaces um the the abundance um of positive effects it has on an individual and a collective um whenever i'm working with learners whether it be children or adults i, I love to try and either bring the outside in or inside out you know (laughs) exactly that that's one of the the top things that I always speak about in terms of sustainability not only because it gives you that respect for nature but you know the the connection Mm of of like being in nature and and well-being is you know yes it's so it's been scientifically proven hundreds of times so you know it has yeah. that kind of yeah. double benefit of you love nature and you know if you love nature nature loves you and you can love yourself and you know everything's great yes exactly it's that that holistic whole um approach to 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 life and learning is how everything's connected and we this the topics of 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 my specialisms are all revolve around the fact that everything needs to be connected for it to work and to recognize that that those interconnectedness within ourselves and and other people and the environment um is what makes us unique and special and but also um will make what whatever we want the future to be possible so yeah yeah Uh, i don't know a lot about social emotional learning i know a bit um Okay. I don't know a huge amount. Now, I, you know, I, I try and, you know, know as much as I can about as many things as, as I can. But, you know, this is a great mm-hmm. thing for, for having you on. Um, I'll be able to learn okay. from you. Now, now when I look yeah. at um, school, I am not a big fan of yeah. the education system as it stands. You know, I'm not a huge fan of this endless homework bashing i've, I've talked about it a lot are on linkedin both equally there 
exactly yeah. um and then you know there's some people suggest you know you should take your child out of school and do homeschooling and now don't get me wrong i think there's there are lots of strengths to homeschooling i think if you can make it work it's fantastic it's great mm -hmm. it's illegal in spain so i wouldn't be able to do that anyway but one oh, of the really? things yeah you're not oh, allowed wow, to I didn't know that. no you're not allowed to you have to you know just wow. send your children off to be battered by the teachers did they give a justification um, for why uh I, I don't know i've not asked any further to be honest i just know that it's illegal um so i <laughs> okay yeah. I, i'm just like i'm not gonna Keep argue <laughs> with yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna argue with the the spanish system as it is but yeah um one thing that is so important for me about school are the kind of social yeah. skills that somebody you know the social awareness and the relationship mm -hmm. skills um and then within that you know that the, the self-awareness and self-management they they come for me a lot of that comes from being at school and you know with, with my daughter for example i see a lot of it coming from within her and you know she's nine mm -hmm. I, i'm not sure that yeah. all of that should be coming from somebody so young it should be coming from above yeah so yeah how how can we sort of I, I think it's very important that they learn but how can we increase this this you know these aspects of social and emotional learning before you answer that question what is social and emotional learning for those people listening who don't know yeah so there at the moment there there's like quite a lot of different frameworks that are under the social and emotional learning umbrella uh, the one that i'm most familiar with is um known as castle um so that one's based in america c-a-s-e-l and they um they identify that social and emotional learning involves self-awareness self-management social awareness relationship skills and responsible decision making so these are skill sets and areas for development within social and emotional learning, which if we can find a way to embed it within the learning environment, it will actually drastically change the course of people's lives. Um, because within each individual element, there are a plethora of skills that are being developed that ultimately help the person become a well-rounded, as we say, or whole um, I hate those terms though, <laughs> but yeah, um, someone who can and can manage themselves in a world, frankly, is constantly changing, that's full of trauma and um, full of stressors. So being able to embed these um, skills building within from a very young age, like early years, but even, but it's never too late to start, you know? Ideally, like with everything, if you can start with early years and work up, then great. But if you can't, just start where you are. Don't worry about what came before. So, for example, in terms of self-awareness, if I were to ask you, when I say self-awareness, what kind of skills do you think that involves? Oh, wow, you're putting me on the spot here. I'm the one who asked the questions, mm. Bianca. That's not fair. <laughs> uh, well, just throw, throw out one idea. Oh, no, I would say things like um, like today that the, the self awareness of you know am I am I burning out or you know do I need to take a break? Um, so yeah, how how I'm feeling is my cup full enough? That kind of thing. And, yeah, exactly. You know what That's it. are my stressors um, and, and that kind yeah. of things? Recognizing the things that stress me out, recognizing the things Fantastic. that 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 would be my idea yeah. of self awareness. 
Brilliant. Yeah. So on a very basic level, uh, self-awareness is the, that ability to recognize your own emotions, your own thoughts and your own value, and then using that information to identify and realize how those things influence your behavior. Um, and then also within self-awareness, you're, you're identifying what are your strengths and what are your limitations and um, how well your sense of confidence has is or your optimism and and the extent you have a growth mindset so to speak so these all these things help someone to then approach life in a different way if they can be nurtured and developed you know i like how you said um strengths and limitations as opposed to weaknesses uh well yeah see... at the end of the day i hate i hate the word weaknesses because um it, it's very negative it doesn't it it, it puts the idea in someone's head that they're not good enough or that that something is unattainable. But the reality is something is only unattainable because there are limitations or boundaries um, or barriers. So once you identify what they are, you can find ways over them, under them, around them <laughs> or through them, you know? So. Yeah. Um, there was something you yeah. said in there that, that really jumped out at me of something that, you know, we can teach our kids as parents, but um, we also needed to be taught in school. And that was the responsible decision making. Now, as a parent, yeah. it's hard to teach your child to make a responsible decision because, you know, they don't want to listen to you because you're their parents. So if you're suggesting yeah. something, you know, it's you telling them what to do rather than help them right. come to a, a sensible decision that, you know, maybe they don't want to spend that five euros on Pokemon cards, you know, perhaps they'd like to use it for something later down the line or, mm -hmm. you know, but, but not to just do that thing suddenly that immediately comes to mind. And, you know, sometimes those impulsive things are great, not just impulsive buys, obviously, mm -hmm. yeah. um, but, you know, to control your, those emotions, that, that impulse. So, but when you're doing it as a parent, it's really hard. I think responsible yeah. decision-making needs to be, needs to be in schools it needs to be in schools and it needs to be at home um <laughs> this is always of, a challenge of course, of, of course it has to be at home if as you're well. tired yourself yeah yeah if you're tired yourself um you you already are dealing with stressors of your own um being tired is one being hungry you know basic things like that but um as well as anything more um intense or more traumatic but um the responsible decision-making element, that, that is something, yeah, schools really should be paying more attention to um, because within that, you're helping the, the, the student to learn how to identify what is a problem and what is not a problem, how to analyze a situation um, in order to solve if, if there is a problem. You know, um, you're developing skills of evaluating, you're developing skills of reflecting. Um, and really importantly, that that element of empathy and ethics is is there as well. So the, your responsibility in terms of ethical responsibility is being developed in that in that context as well. So responsible decision making is, is, is a key element of social and emotional learning, but also just in terms of 21st century learning, they're, they're very valid skills um, for I, now and moving forward. Yeah, I think therein lies one of the issues with the current system, certainly we have in Spain. Mm -hmm. It is a very kind of, you know, spoon-fed uh, system, yes. but not 
like spoon fed in a nice way where you know you give the kids yeah. all the answers and you <laughs> no. help them but kind of like they're force fed you know so yes. here are a bunch of dates they're what you're doing in your history exam now you have to learn them you know it's, it's rote learning it's it's 100 yeah, percent learning. Awful. it hasn't changed and mm. this idea that you know if if they help with responsible decision making and and kind of self-awareness this might yeah. you know this might help our students but they might then build some character and they might yeah learn to question things so you know for example my well, daughter is, when yeah. she has to copy her textbook so she comes home and so if she has to do activity one two and three she has to copy everything in the textbook the whole textbook into her notebook and then write the answer underneath now if she was responsible with her decision making yeah. and self-aware and she could manage her time and realize that stresses her out, that she doesn't want to do three hours of homework a night, she'd say to the teacher, I don't want to do this. But they don't teach mm-hmm. them to say that. And she's scared of the no. teacher. This and is the teacher it. doesn't and, um, listen to like... us either. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the thing with rote learning. Okay, yeah, it's effective in some contexts, but um, uh, it, and it's beneficial to certain contexts. But... In terms of the learner, it's a very small percentage of people who can memorize things. And what it, what it actually does to all the other learners who are not very good with memory-based um, learning is that it, it induces stress. And once you induce stress, then a learner stops learning. You know, so why would you put someone under that stress if you're trying to get them to learn? Is the question. <laughs> I, I can't understand it. It's it's absolutely yeah. remarkable. Um, I could go on and on about how awful the system is here, and you know, they're evaluated. But I hear you. Ten, I remember from being yeah. at school myself. It's 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 yeah. awful with just the numbers, but like that's what the so the kids will come to class, and now we get on really well with some of the parents. They're really lovely. Like mm-hmm. they're in our our group of close friends as well. Um, and you know, there's so one of them that the mum comes, she says, oh. David was talking to his auntie, you know, he was trying to speak in English and, you know, obviously it wasn't grammatically perfect, but he was really trying, he was giving it a go. And another another yeah. parent said, oh, Nadia's, you know, she's really trying. I've heard her speak in English for the first time. So thank you so much. The others, a lot of them just come and it's, ah, oh, he got a 10 in his exam. It's like, ah, oh, well, yeah. I don't I don't really care if he got a 10 in his irregular verbs exam. Um, that... <laughs> that doesn't mean anything at all. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. You so know, the where's the where's the learning of education? Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know if you're familiar. Did you ever watch the TED talks of uh, Sir Ken, Ro- the late Sir Ken Robinson? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, what, a yeah. what a hero! What a hero! What a hero! Yeah, and he he's he he is the ultimate for championing. Um, getting rid of the industrialized model and, and opening up uh, learning to a more holistic, um, agile, interactive, um, problem-based, project-based, place-based learning model, you know, things that bring learning relevant to real world and not just confined to that silo, which is the classroom, you know. The, the, yeah. Um, that awful rote learning learning classroom that, as you say, <laughs> yeah. stresses so many people. It was great for me because I'm really good at memorising yeah. stuff. I can still tell you all the capital cities. You know, it's, it's great for me. I love yeah. that. Um, and, and my daughter's good at that as well. But there are so many kids that will then be seen as, like, not only they're not academic, but they'll be looked at as stupid. 
Um, that's how mm. teachers would like. There is, there's, there's one girl in the class. Now, this for me is the worst thing. And, and I mentioned it to the teacher. She's, she, she takes yeah. a while to, to, to catch up with things. You know, she takes a bit longer to grasp certain concepts. So the, the teacher calls yeah. her uh, the Canary Islands because the Canary Islands are an <sighs> hour behind Spain. And she does it openly in the that class. That is the horrendous. And, and like that, but the only, the, the other I'd thing. I'll be honest, how, if she was a teacher in my school, there would be disciplinary action for that. It's horrible because that, where's the social awareness in that? Exactly. Like you're it's showing also, the kids it's, it's okay to tease people. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you're, shocking, you respect somebody, behavior. you respect somebody who's openly bullying somebody else and laughing at it. You know, all that's going to do is show yeah. the other kids, you know, that what they're learning in that it's socially okay to just bully people. That doesn't, that's not cool. So I, I have yeah. asked her, like, why, cool and, you know, so yeah, she's, she's very old school. Um, so we talked a bit about self-awareness yeah. and we talked a bit about responsible decision-making. Um, yes. Let's, after that little outburst that I had, um, can we talk a bit <laughs> about social awareness? Sorry, social awareness. So yes, so this one, this one is, so it's really hard to point out one over the other because they're all really important in terms of a, um, a, a person's development and, and approaches to learning, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of social awareness, that one, that one develops that concept of uh, perspective and empathy, um, you know, uh, which without empathy, you, you're always going to have one view of the world, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and it will be the either the view of the world that you've been taught in your home or the view of the world you've been taught in your school or whatever environment that has pushed you to believe that one way is better than another way. So in terms of social awareness, um, it's helping people to recognize the diversity that exists within our world, um, the backgrounds and cultures of other people, um, the ability to understand what is social and ethically normal in one context compared to your own for behavior, for family, for school, for community, things like this. So um, it's it's developing perspective taking, empathy, appreciating diversity and um, promoting respect for others, which is exactly what you were just talking about. You know, so, so ma making sure we develop social awareness within our learners and ourselves is so important. So clearly that teacher has no social awareness if she's doing things like that yeah and and it, it's terrible because you know then other other kids will jump on it and and say that like you know mm -hmm. I've I've spoken exactly. to my daughter about it and you know the first the first thing my daughter said was oh but but she laughs at it you know the girl laughs at it and I was like yeah but I imagine it was you like you'd laugh at it because you know you don't want to be seen as you know, a spoil sport, scene. or exactly, you don't yeah. want to cause a scene with a teacher. But if somebody's openly calling you slow and everyone's laughing at you for it, then how would you actually feel? And she was just like, "Ah, oh, you're right. It's not really yeah. okay. It's not okay. Um, yeah. So that's it's, promoting you know, lack of respect for others. That that's not developing strong relationships. It's it's going against almost all of the core skills in social and emotional learning. Oh, I've got a brilliant one for you here then. You'll, you'll, you'll love this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
the, okay. the head teacher at the school is very, very, very old school. He's been there for, I think, about 38 years. He was due to retire mm. six years ago, but he, he keeps going. Um, and oh the other day, there's, there's, a, there's a very difficult student in the, in the class, in my daughter's <laughs> class. He's, he's, yeah. He has a lot of issues. He's been, he's been kept back a year. He has a lot of family issues. Um, he has ADHD as mm-hmm. well. Um, so he has, a, you know, and he's, he's, he's very disruptive in the class. Um, and it's not managed particularly well by the teacher. But then as we were standing, I was standing there waiting for my daughter to, to come out. And, and this young lad was yeah. there and his, you know, his, his um, carer was nowhere to be seen. His, his, his guardian who was coming to collect him was nowhere to be seen. And he said to the head teacher, you know, as a joke, I'll come home with you you know, just, you know, laughing about it. And the head teacher said to him, well, you won't come home with me because if you get in my car, I'll throw you out the window onto the train tracks. <gasps> and then laughed oh at God. it like it was some kind of hilarious joke. And I was just saying, That's how how is this okay? You know, this is a, a person who's in a position where he he can't be fired. You know, he's been, with the way the system mm. is, he can't be removed from his position. And, and the other parents would just be like, oh, that's just the way he is, you know, he's old school. Yeah, no, so- that's not acceptable. That's that taking on that that narrative of this is the way it's always been done and that this kind of behavior is acceptable because he's always been like that. That's not okay. Um, yeah, that person is in a p- position of power and responsibility with a duty of care. And by making a comment like that to that child who is already clearly in a trauma situation, is just adding to demolishing that child's self-confidence. Well, exactly. And, and and he said it in front of other teachers, parents, other students. Like, you know, what would it have cost him to, to have said in that moment, do you know what, mate, I'd love to take you home, but I'm not allowed to, so we'll just wait here for your mum. Yeah. Like, exactly. how hard would that have been? Something to note, though. Yeah, something to note, though, is, um, as much as that sh- that story shocks us and angers us, it's also important to recognize that every single person in that environment when something like that happened has a responsibility. So when someone behaves in this kind of way, if it invokes anger in you because it's wrong or a se- there's a sense of um, uh, injustice there, that's when it's our responsibility as humans to stand up for each other and care for each other. So it's important that, yes, that that individual, he needs re-educated somehow. Um, yeah. But the people around also need to not fear speaking up for those who can't speak for themselves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. In that situation, you know, I know I should have said something. You know, I've spoken to to my daughter's teacher about you know, hindsight's a beautiful thing class. as well, though. <laughs> but yeah, in that moment, I was just so shocked, and it was you know as shocked, yeah. Like, and I just like looked at the the other mums who were there waiting, and I was just like, "What the, did he just? Yeah. Did he just say that?" And it's like, you know, yeah. But yeah, this is a man that stopped smoking in the school two years ago. He stopped smoking in his office two years ago after the amount of pressure that took, you know, it was. Yeah, 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 I can imagine. Well, it sounds like the school that you're talking about could definitely benefit from um, some interventions or some creative thinking infusions, uh, which would help turn the culture. 
Oh, it definitely establish some core values. It definitely would. And now let's let's look a little bit towards. Um, well, we'll look at relationship skills in a second. But you mentioned creativity, and I'm going to continue with mm. you know this case study as it is. Um, we have a, an allotment yeah. at the school. Um, okay. And the kids they go and plant there, and you know, I, I go along for for that. You know, not always, obviously. Um, I go along whenever yeah. I can, and we turn that hour mm. of whatever they've come down from. If they're in, if they've been in maths, if they've been in whatever, that becomes an hour of being at the allotment and speaking in English, and you know, doing other fun things in English, mm-hmm. talking about planting and and you know that side of things. And again, you see that moment how excited the students are and. It's a step in the right direction, yeah. you know. The, as far as schools is, go yeah. in Spain, it's 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 okay, you know. The school system is terrible, yeah. so um, and you just see that you gotta, in them. You've got to make best with what you're given, right? Exactly, and you see those moments are are absolutely fantastic because they just, I don't know. There's this new creativity and some, something new and exciting that. You know, they come alive and they're happier to try well, different it. things in English. And yeah. It's just amazing. And it's an opportunity to develop the, 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 that essential skill of creative thinking. Um, if you think back to uh, Steve Jobs, I think everyone knows who Steve Jobs is, right? Um, he once said that um, creativity is just about connecting things. And if you mm-hmm. were to ask an artist how they came about make, creating what they've created, um, they find it difficult to explain it because it's just what they do. Um, but the, the thing about creative people or people who've cultivated creative skills and given time and energy to doing that, they they start to see the connections between everything, which helps them to then problem solve, to find solutions to things, to, to have more uh, of a deeper appreciation of the natural environment and how it how important it is for our survival so that that's a wonderful project and it has so much opportunity and scope for you and other teachers to use like the math teacher could totally be down there as well and so could oh, yeah. the geography teacher and so could the history teacher there's there's so many ways that you can use an allotment to teach all the other um, subjects within the school oh absolutely but or what the teachers then see is yeah, they then see it as an opportunity for them to have an hour to go and go and chill quite often. So not all of them, you know, some of them do oh, come yeah, and join yeah. in and like have fun, <laughs> you know, and join in with the songs, you know, and, you know, help with, with different bits yeah. and things. But there are some that just kind of get down there and go, Oof, there you go, well, that's, me, that's me an hour free. And it's like, yeah, not exactly mm. what it's meant for. Um, but, you no. know, we, there, there are those people in every every walk of life who, who will take an opportunity to to chill and relax whenever they can. Um, but I, I wanted <laughs> yeah. to mention something about creativity there. Now, you touched on it. You yeah. mentioned creative thinking. Now, I absolutely love that you yeah. said that because something that I get with a lot of my students here in Spain is, oh, I'm not creative. And what they mean by I'm not creative is I'm not very good at drawing. That's li- Or yes, they can't exactly. play a musical instrument. That That is what they mean. I'm not creative means it, I can't yeah. play a musical instrument or I can't draw. And that's the end of what they yeah. think creativity is. Yes, exactly. And that's that's the thing that we need to educate people about is that there is a difference between thinking creatively and thinking like an artist, right? Okay. So um, think about this. Uh, if you remember, if you go back to when you were at school or uh, when you were a child and you 
were doing something you shouldn't be doing and you got caught. Mm -hmm. Now, most people's first reaction is to find a way out of it. Not to admit Absolutely. that they're wrong, but to find a way out of it, right? 100%. So in that instant, when you're trying to figure out a really interesting, believable way to justify what you've just been doing, that's creative thinking. <laughs> One example. That's um, a very good point, but, actually. You know, right? Um, if you are a parent and you have a child who refuses to eat vegetables, everyone's been there. They're mm -hmm. like, not doing it, don't like carrots, don't like broccoli, all these kinds of things. Crazy kids. So in that moment, you're finding a way to make that more attractive to your child because you know they need to eat their vegetables. That's being creative. That's using creative thinking in order to solve a problem. Okay, so creative thinking is something that maybe not everyone has a natural app towards immediately, but it's something that can be cultivated, can be nurtured, can be developed uh, with with guidance uh, and with with the motivation to do so. so yeah, I, I, yeah, I really think it's it's that I well, you, you said it there, and it's the solving a problem. But that's mm -hmm. to me, someone creative is is someone who can think of a way to solve a problem. Like it doesn't matter what the problem is. If you can think of a way around it, then you're being creative. You're yeah. doing something creative. This is it. So creativity is just that. It's the ability and the skill and talent to use your imagination in order to solve a problem, you know, or make something better. So uh, if you think about um, next time as a teacher you're in the classroom and i say this you as a collective you for everyone listening as well is think of think of a, a problem that's relative and related to the students real life something local and start the question with how might we and then pose pose your question so it could be something like for example maybe there is a route that students all walk to get from one point to the school. And it's probably pretty boring. There's probably no trees. There's probably, there could be a lot of things going on that make it not the most um, exciting route to walk, but it's the one that's, it's fast. Mm -hmm. You could say something as simple as, how might we make that route more attractive to people walking that route? So that could encompass making it aesthetically more attractive. It could be um, putting benches so that if elderly people are walking along there, they are able to sit down uh, if they need a break. Um, there's so many things and you can get the Picking up litter. Picking up litter, yeah, all of these things, you know. You can in, in instigate and like, in, like stoke the fires of their imagination by presenting a real world problem that's relevant to their life and not too big that it makes them go, oh, well, what's the point? There's nothing I can do about that. So always bringing it back to something that's really close to home um, and achievable is a way to start developing those, those skills. Um, a really wonderful one is using, uh, there's a method um, by Edward de Bono. He, he created something called the six thinking hats. Mm -hmm. um, that's a fabulous lesson if if you just google it um it, there's usually full lesson plans available uh telling how to how to use the method within your classroom mm -hmm. and what, do, what what is it 
What does it involve? So basically what it is, it's uh, taking the individual elements of thinking um, and breaking them down into separate jobs. So you could separate your, your students into groups and um, approach a problem from different angles. So for example, you might have um, one group who are focused on uh, the creative side of 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 something okay so they're the ones who are brainstorming and getting all the ideas you could have another group and now it doesn't have to be that you separate the groups it could just be that you approach each hat with the whole class at different times as well so for example the blue hat would be focusing on the organizational and planning text of your problem solving mm -hmm. right the green hat would be focusing on the creative thinking aspect of the problem solving uh, the red hat focuses on the feelings and the instincts. So this is the the empathy part. So uh, trying to empathize with self and with um, end user, so to speak. Um, your yellow hat is looking at the positives. Um, so the growth mindset, what are the benefits? What are the values? And your black hat is the one that's the risk management one. That's the one that's looking at all the potential problems with trying to solve the problem using your ideas that you've you've generated. So it gives the, the learners a really well-rounded way of approaching a problem from different angles so that they don't get overwhelmed with one particular thing. Yeah. It, it just sounds, and it sounds like you can prescribe it for them as well. So they like, you know, they, they have these yeah. different hats and now. And so, so it kind of helps them it. in doing that. And you can like you can jazz it up as well and make it more exciting by actually having colored hats, you know, <laughs> and yeah. then they could make um, them. You will say, OK, guys, yeah, they can make them. You can say, OK, now we're getting our green thinking hats on right now. So that means right now looking at this problem, we're not thinking about anything except what what can we do? That's all we're thinking about. Or you'll say, OK, guys, we're going to get our red thinking hats on now. What we want to do here is not focus on the positives, the negatives or um, what we can do or the organizational planning context, what we want to do here is just think about how do we feel about this problem? Um, what are our gut reactions to this problem, for example, and helping yeah. them to then that promotes going back to the social and emotional learning context of self-awareness, social awareness and responsible decision making. You know? That sounds really fun. And, and I would actually like to do the whole hat making as well. Um, yeah, yeah. It There's a fabulous organization. Yeah, that's it. There's a fabulous organization called Future Focus 21C, and they do uh, a wonderful uh, you, array of learning resources. Before. Yeah, and um, they have such fabulous resources. Um, they're mostly designed for secondary school learners, um, but they they are adaptable. Um, you, if you get in touch with them uh, the, and subscribe, the, the so resources are open source, but you have to subscribe in order to get access to them. Um, mm -hmm. But they're fabulous. They they encompass um, social and emotional learning, STEAM education, and very importantly, the creativity and empathy parts of um, of all of foundation of learning. Um, that's, I really, you know, I, I really like the the this, you know, this social, emotional learning and so on and so forth and the creativity. Where does it link for you, mm -hmm. link to you with, with STEAM education as well? So before we talk about STEAM education, well, for anyone yeah. who doesn't know what it is, <laughs> would you like to explain what it is first? 
Yes, of course. So a lot of people will be aware of the, the, the term STEM education. So that represents science, technology, engineering and maths. OK, now STEAM education is where we um, it's, it's arts based. So it encompasses and includes the arts and highlights the importance of the arts for all the other skills. So um, when you think about it in terms of science and technology, engineering and math, there all of these industries, all of these subjects need some element of innovation or creativity or divergent thinking in order to be able to problem solve, right? Mm -hmm. So how, how can you have a curriculum that completely negates the artist, the art side, which is the side that promotes that part of learning, the, the creative side, the creative thinking, the innovation, the, um, the think outside the box concept, you know? Uh, so in terms of STEAM education, what that means for me is not just focusing on hard skills, but focusing on core and soft skills as well. I, I'm really uh, lucky, actually. I'm currently working on a on a, as I mentioned earlier, a sustainability curriculum. And, oh, really? Fab. Uh, it, oh, it's 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 brilliant. I can't I can't really say much about it, but it it does mm -hmm. talk about um, it's talking about steam. So it is the whole. It's about sustainability, but it's you know within that you know we need to signpost which which lesson is each, in each one so it's kind of a, a cross-curricular thing it's a it's a steam curriculum as it were it's not you know it's not science it's not english it's not any of these other different ones it's, well not engineering not arts not maths um it's all of them mm -hmm. uh, and the title of it it's all it, of them exactly exactly yeah. it, it will be sustainability but using all of those different aspects and you know so it's almost like you know, a kind of a giant project that lasts the whole year. I guess that would be how you kind of yeah, look at exactly. it in a way. Yeah. Like, but it's actually a subject. Exactly. So, and I don't know why we can't look at our subjects in that way. Why can't we look at our subjects as being a giant project for the whole year and work well, on different aspects thing, yeah. within it? And if we can, if we can motivate the teachers of the the different subjects to communicate with each other, you could actually interlink what you're actually going to to teach through the year by um, linking your subject matters to a project. So that basically, when you think about STEAM education and English language learning. English language learning, although English is the subject, the reality is it you're trying to help people communicate uh, mm -hmm. and conceptualize and understand the world they live in through a different language. So yeah. if you're doing that, why not um, blend the boundaries of what the subjects are and say, okay, these are actually interconnected, that um, without without the arts, without creativity, you don't have um, science, technology, engineering, and maths. They all involve a creative process. And there's not one method of inquiry. There are many different methods of inquiry in order to investigate something, to innovate, um, to, to research, you know? Um, so yeah, it, it would be amazing if, um, if schools and curriculums and teachers could find a way to blend or connect their subject matters. Um, because STEAM education is one of those wonderful approaches that um, empowers a teacher to use problem-based and pro project-based learning 
and then it allows for the cross of disciplines. It, and you mentioned something there but before I say about it um Michelle has said that mm. you and uh, Bianca and I have exactly the same ideas and opinions about education so um yeah. I'm guessing that's why she came <laughs> along to listen <laughs> um, wonderful lovely to hear <laughs> you, you mentioned um that you know English yes English is the subject you know when it comes to English language teaching you know there are lots of teachers who use CLIL and so on and so forth but even when you yeah. just open an English textbook and you go through it yeah. and you look at the different topic areas in there yes okay a lot of them are you know very grammar based and very focused on vocabulary and grammar but when you look mm. at the topics that the student learning within those books you know there'll be yeah. one about graffiti and it's you know okay, well, we can turn this into an art lesson, a creative lesson, you know. Uh, we could even turn it into a lesson about crime if we want to and, like, the boundaries of crime. Um, well, graffiti is one of the most amazing topics to use. I mean, if you think about graffiti, in graffiti is one of the oldest methods of communication, right? It wasn't called graffiti back then, but before we had words and alphabets, we had pictures yeah. on walls. So... Like you, you can use it to, to talk about history. You can use it to talk about geography and how the images for communicating stories were used in one country compared to another. You can um, look at it from an arts perspective in terms of um, artistic works, you know, and uh, and paintings and the use of different materials for creating artworks. Um, in terms of actual graffiti uh, in modern times you can look at it as doing case studies on artists for example Banksy or um, looking at uh, places like Glasgow. Glasgow is one of the the major cities uh, for promoting um, graffiti artwork and, and allowing graffiti artists to develop their skill to create these beautiful murals that if you think about it actually bring a community together, especially if the community has been involved in the discussion about what that mural will be and what it will re represent. Exactly. We actually have a few here in the town. Um, you know, mm -hmm. There's there's a really long white wall around the outside of the high school and there's um, we've got a big, um, uh, like a, a trans pride flag on there. There's one that's about um, yeah. raising awareness about breast cancer. There's one about um, the World Environment Day, which actually has... A, my daughter's face on it incidentally um but there is that kind of you know that street art there and you know the word graffiti itself comes from italian it comes from little scratches it means doesn't it um yeah which if you ever go to, to italy or, or to rome and i think for me one of the most amazing things other than walking into the Colosseum, thinking i was russell crowe um mm -hmm. definitely had to be that you look at the sides and you can see the graffiti that they've done there you know people have scratched yeah. their their names into the chairs at the Colosseum mm -hmm. and you're like wow people have always been the same we wherever yes. we go we feel the need to write our name on something well you want you want to validate your existence I mean you want to belong you want people to know you you were here you know and that's why all of these elements are so important and even more so in modern times, that we nurture social emotional learning, that we include arts in STEM education, and that creativity and empathy are the foundations to all of that. 
um, because the things the things that are coming well we've just experienced that we are experiencing and uh, we don't know what we will be experiencing next will require for ourselves and our learners to be flexible to be um, creative in the way that they approach and but also be able to manage themselves and be aware of their self and of their their environments and others I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I am going to return to you in thirty seconds with some uh, no about some, some slightly more particular questions. Um, digging a little deeper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we will be back in thirty seconds. Um, so we'll see you shortly. Well, hear you. Okay, dokie. This show is brought to you in partnership with Jobcat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides, and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. And we are back. Um, I always find trying to press pause and unmute myself at the same time, I just sometimes <laughs> wish, not that I had more hands, but that I there were more uh, pointers on the screen. If I could have two <laughs> mice, or would, are they called are they called mice? If you had two on a computer, or would it be mouses? Does it change? I don't know. I need to look oh, into that. Oh, good um, question. That's, I need to that's find a, a lexicographer. English syntax question. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. You just made I'm, me think of stop. something that probably if anyone older or sorry, anyone younger than uh, 30 probably wouldn't remember. But um, there was a cartoon when I was a kid called um, Inspector Gadget. Oh, and when yes. you said <laughs> more arms, I was it immediately popped in my mind. Go, go, Gadget arms, you know, and uh, wouldn't that be a great thing to reinvent in the modern world using AI or whatever? I'll be exceptional. It's quite funny, actually. I'm I'm quite tall, um, as people like to point out when they meet me, uh, which thus means I have quite long arms. So I did have friends back in the day who would call me Inspector Gadget because you know I could just be sitting down and basically reach anything within kind of you know four meters, basically just just stretch yeah. across the room. So um, length of arm is not an issue. Just number of number of curses. That's uh, there's my problem. Yeah. I need more curses. Curse the curses. Um, <laughs> they should invent. They should invent a keyboard that's similar to like um, a DJ's board for music. They oh, yeah. have particular buttons for certain things, and then then you, instead of needing the cursor, you would just press a button. Oh, I, th I think they have those. For, yeah, I think they have those for streaming. I know when I do Renewable ah. English Live, somebody said, oh, you should get a, I don't know, I can't remember what it was called. Yeah. Um, and I said, well, <laughs> I probably should, but uh, I'm not going to because, um, mm -hmm. well, um, I, I should. But then again, that's, if I can find a secondhand one, I'll certainly think about it. Yeah. So um, if I were looking to develop my professional skill set and or personal skill set. Um, yeah. I would obviously find you at your website, uh, which is? Yes, yankapeel.com. There you go. B-I-A-N-C-A-P-E-E-L.com. There you go. I'll put it in the, the description at the bottom. Uh, I am currently on it. I thought I'd let you say it as well. Um, <laughs> Thanks. 
you got a few more hits today. Um, I've, I've been looking at it quite a bit over the last week or so, to be honest, and I've, I found it really. Oh, uh, very, in all honesty, it needs updated. So <laughs> you're probably better to find me on LinkedIn. It's got more up to date information. I'm currently in the process of updating the website. So it's so long, isn't it? Oh, I hate updating uh, the yeah. website. Oh, it's the worst. Oh, don't worry. Just get someone else to do it who has the skill. I'm like, that's a skill that's not one of my best ones. So I will outsource it to someone who does know what they're doing. That is a good point as well. Um, yeah, I do need to, I think I need a complete reboot of of the Renewable yeah. English website. I think I'll just do that um, after that I've done the third series. It can just be reworked and have everything put on there looking pretty uh, and looking. That could be a project nice. for your class. How, oh, how might I improve this website, guys? I need your ideas. Project. Yeah, get creative. <laughs> and uh, any of you good programmers, and uh, do you want to do it for free? No, so of course I wouldn't make them do it for free. <laughs> um, I'll pay you in exposure. Um, none of that. Uh, sorry. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So we can go onto your website, um, which is going to be updated. More better to go to LinkedIn to find you. You say at the moment, um, but yeah. I, I'd like to know. You, you mentioned um, so we're helping prepare students for a future that we don't yet know about. Yes. So, how um, so? How can we do that? Well, the one thing that I've noticed um, that that a lot of people struggle with, but actually if can embrace it, it would actually help them a lot, is the, the process of um, working through a problem is more important than solving the problem. So uh, in project-based learning, it's really important to let go of that need to have an end result. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of teachers uh, feel um, out of the depth because they need to be the one who knows more than the students know. Oh, yes. But the reality is you can you can go through the process with your students and learn as they learn. You don't have to have all the answers. Um, but instead, as, as Sir Ken would say, um, uh, be a guide on the side rather than sage on the stage, you know. And um, in, so I, I would say connect with people who think the same, who want to make change, um, network to find out who those people are, uh, and and allow yourself uh, to let go of the need to control everything. Um, uh, in terms of your learners, uh, try not to overwhelm them with too much of something that's new, because that in itself can cause stress. So uh, little sizable chunks um, of new information and new ways of doing things. Um, definitely helps. It's absolutely set the wheels in motion for for change. I like to talk about that with the, when I when I talk about cultivating change makers. There is one section of it is all about empowering your students, and it is that idea of it being student led and you being there mm -hmm. as a teacher to guide them and to support them. Uh, but I think when yes. it comes to projects, like we all mm -hmm. as teachers, particularly as I don't know, as you know, as an ELT teacher, you know, the project yeah. would be okay, do a family tree. And then you show them the project that you've spent hours making and maybe even laminating and showing them and saying, this is what a family tree looks like. And then they go off and they create their own that is basically just the same as yours um, along the kind of the same lines. Um, 
so and it's so yeah in that, that context we're trying to yeah trying to take away trying to take away your need to show them what it should look like because by doing that you've already set the tone for the learning and uh, and you you've totally stifled the learner's creativity by showing them what it looks like instead going through the ideation process with them allows for their creativity to shine rather than yours yeah well that was one thing that always strikes me with my students is mm. right, well whatever goes up onto the board their immediate question is and it's not even should i copy this teacher it's just copy and it's like no mm -hmm. don't just copy this so today we yeah. did a we did an activity at the end of class where um we wrote the the alphabet went up on the board and they had to then come up with whatever word they wanted for each of the the different mm -hmm. letters and you know, yeah. you know a bit of encouragement showing them that you know if if possible please chuck a verb in there you know maybe use a preposition or two you know there are yeah. you don't only have to use nouns but i noticed that i'd yeah. written it up on the board in a certain way that there were like four columns of letters basically um, yeah yeah and of the eight students six of them wrote them up exactly the same in the same four columns across their yeah. page um yeah one of them just wrote a list down the side of the page and another one of them didn't quite have enough time to copy it so basically wrote as many letters as she could from the alphabet that she could remember in that moment and then later oh, on as as she went on she added the other letters that she hadn't done yet and yeah I don't, the letters she was missing were like j p uh it wasn't you know the mm -hmm. last three letters she hadn't written on yet it's just the one she'd yeah. missed because she'd been writing it down in her own way and you know as a teacher yeah. the first the instant reaction you have is like a i don't know as a teacher is wow how did they not manage to put them all down in the right order and then you think well maybe she has a different order of doing things so didn't have to do exactly it in, her brain uh, works in a different way comes right yeah. order exactly um and it's like fine she still ended the task she she did the, the work with her partner they made their way through it they talked about it they came up with the, the different words and you know in the end they all had you know something yeah. there they all had different words loads of nouns yeah. obviously they just wanted to do animals oh as i said that my dog barked which was nice of her yeah what's wrong yesterday yeah because I'm talking about animals. Yeah. yeah, she's looking at me funny. Um, so, yeah, it, it really struck me in that moment that, you know, it's not... I, I shouldn't have written the letters on the board at all. I should have just said, write down the alphabet with enough space to write a word next to them, yes. whichever way you want. Like, But I don't, I'd written it so up this, on the this board. So this is a learning opportunity for teachers as well, is that... We are so used to because of the way teacher training is presented. So that's another area that myself and other friends and colleagues and other organizations work, work in is um, approaching teacher training in a different way and giving yourselves permission to not be the one who dictates how everything should be done. Instead, leaving it open to interpretation to see what, how the brains of your learners work. So like you said, um, inviting them to write down the alphabet but not showing them how to do it allows for them to use the knowledge that they already have um, to exercise and um, complete the task and then in doing so the teacher then gets an insight into any knowledge gaps that the learner might have 
Yeah, exactly. Because um, that one for me was really revealing. And what it basically showed was that student struggles to sit and copy something down in time. Like, so I learned that yeah. from it and I thought, yeah, next time just say, write the alphabet. Because one of the biggest <laughs> yeah. things that, that, that they said was, um, oh, where's the enye? Where's the Spanish N was their question. And it's like, yeah. As a teacher thinking, how have I not made it clear that there isn't the Enya in English? In it just doesn't exist. And like mm. because but it was only because they could see it, because otherwise, I don't know, I guess they would have just yeah. written it down in in a Spanish way as they were writing. So um yeah. yeah, it was it was really revealing and as you say, it was a learning moment for me. Now the next part of the yeah the the project is gonna be really interesting to see and I'm definitely gonna leave it very much, you know. Yeah in their hands and it's not going to be a, a tailored thing because you know we want them to to come up with you know some kind of story or dialogue or no. or idea using these different words you know it's yeah. but it's not going to be prescribed and it's not going to have yeah. it all written down and it's not going to have like a, a list of what you have to write because you know we That's get it. into and that a habit bit of scaffolding of, in advance helps them exactly but we get so into this habit of, okay, for an FCE letter, you have to write this structure. For this, you have to write this structure. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah, it, it was a learning moment for me, and I'm certainly going to take it into the next lesson as well. Oh, wonderful. That sounds, that sounds like an interesting lesson to be part of. Feel free to come along. It's, it's a bit of a long way to come, though. <laughs> Glasgow to Seville. It's a bit of a for... trick, but you never know. I might turn up. <laughs> <laughs> just knocking on the door you said I could come along we only have a spare room we don't have a spare boat I'm afraid uh we don't have any boats Lovely. not even one um <laughs> sorry um I, I, I'm, oh, I'm, I, I'm obsessed with the f- on a boat it's it's so rock and roll alternate alternative ways of living you know certainly why not certainly and you get to also say you know I live on a boat which is which is really awesome. Um, now and you we, say that, and people think it's like a yacht, and you're like, "No, it's a tiny house on." The no, water. don't tell them that. Let them think it's a yacht. <laughs> Let them think it's a yacht. It's fine. I'm just going back to my boat. Oh, what your boat? Yeah, yeah. my boat. Um, it's cool. Uh, now, now something Wait. we missed out on earlier that I would love to go back mm-hmm. to. It yeah. was it was within social social and emotional learning. Uh, and something that I think is so vital to to any environment, not just yeah. uh, a school environment. Because as you said, you, you mentioned something earlier, you know, if you don't do it from a very young age, it's okay, start doing it now. Uh, for me, it reminded yeah. me of that Chinese proverb, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, the second best time is now. Um, and for yeah, me, it's exactly, relationship yeah. skills. Relationship yeah. skills this is something that, I need to work on. I think we all need to work on. Um, what are they, to, and what can we do? So um, the way the way that I view it, and and I say I view it this way because the way my brain works is different to every other person's brain, as theirs are to every other person. So um, it, for me, it's the uh, ability to uh, establish and maintain. So first to to create, start and then to keep going, right? Relationships that are healthy and rewarding. 
but um, that they're not with just one kind of person, that they're diverse and um, with diverse individuals, diverse groups, um, in, so that you're able to have a, a wider perspective on the world and be able to em empathize with many people. So um, in terms of that, it, it, when you think about relationships, uh, it's, we don't, we're not talking about just romantic, right? You know, it's all kinds of relationships. It's, it's the ability to communicate clearly, to listen well. Now this one's really important. When we say listen, there's, uh, as a teacher, a lot of people, um, are aware as teachers about that context. Can you hear me? Are you listening? Right? Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, the idea of active listening, being present and actually taking in what the person is sharing with you and being able to check with them that you've understood what they're trying to communicate with you. So the clear communication skills, listening well or active listening being able to work with other people and cooperate with others um to uh to be able to resist uh pressure that comes from social environments that inappropriate so for example in the playground someone's making fun of another individual and joining in with that no mm -hmm. being able to say no that's not okay and I'm not going to be a part of it. So resisting inappropriate um, pressure, behavioral pressures, um, the ability to negotiate conflict, but in a constructive way, um, the ability to seek and offer help. That one's a big one because there's so many people who find shame in asking for help. And yeah. the reality is there's a lot of strength in asking for help. There's a lot of strength in being vulnerable. So um, these are all essential elements of relationship skills, communication, social engagement, relationship building in general, and, and collaboration and teamwork. Now, but I'd add in there vul vulnerability too. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. I think, you know, asking for help is, is so important and I, it's something I've learned to do. Um, not yeah. maybe not enough still, um, and maybe not too enough people um as well like I keep, it's a very close circle yeah. it's that you know where you have the, the trust and the, the confidence to ask for that help um, and that doesn't yeah, mean like asking that. for money necessarily you know i'm not saying no. in that no. respect but for, for anything you know, can you take the dog for a walk for me or can i chat to you exactly. that could just that kind of thing i've got a can problem. you help me lighten the load yeah yeah and and the reality is that a lot of people think that by asking for help you're burdening someone else but you're not you're actually bringing them closer um so by by letting people into your world not just in the good times but in the challenging times too um you're actually going taking massive leaps and strides towards building more solid and healthy connections with the people in your world. And that's not just your family, but it's friends, it's colleagues, it's teachers, it's um, everyone you meet. Now, I have another question about these, these relationships. Now, mm -hmm. you, know, you can work on your relationships, you can build your relationships, but there are then, you know, toxic people in the world. Um, they, these yes. people exist. Uh, there's all kinds of toxic. There's all the types of toxic. There's toxic positivity, negativity, all of them. Um, mm -hmm. What do we do um, when you know a, a relationship maybe has soured with somebody because they are one of those toxic people, and it's not possible to just cut them out of your life? That's the you know where can we have the yeah. self awareness um, and the self management to to deal with 
with that kind of thing and how can we help our students do that yeah that's a that's a really really good question um that one is one i'm constantly working on myself and uh, to say i've got it sorted and figured out would be a lie so um the learnings that i am experiencing in that context is by nurturing um those skills that you develop through self-awareness uh, through self-management social awareness nurturing the skills of responsible decision making and your relationship skills you then develop what i call your your toolbox so to speak right and mm -hmm. with it with as as with any diy um you you need particular for particular things so when it comes to a situation where you have a person in your life that's toxic but you can't you can't not have them in your life then you would draw upon these tools that you've developed um, uh, through social and emotional learning and through creativity through holistic approaches to learning you take those tools and you'll apply them to given situations so um, key elements of that are clear communication. So there's no way for things to be misunderstood. Um, mm -hmm. Active listening. So you can try and empathize and understand where that person's coming from and why yeah, they're behaving toxic. in such a toxic way. You know? Sometimes, you know, in, in a particular person. <laughs> yeah, there is, there is a particular person that, that I have in mind. Um, and it's very mm -hmm. obvious to see where it's coming from. You know, I, I can see why she behaves the way she does towards, well, slightly to myself, but more so towards my wife. And I, I can very much yeah. see it. You know, it's, um, you know, my, yeah, it, it, it's obvious a to lot see of the time, certain things, yeah. but it's like, it's hard to then, it's hard to then empathize with that because you're thinking, why, why are you doing that? Yeah, this is the thing. A lot of the time, if someone is behaving in a way that's unkind, that's toxic, it's because that's happened to them. Mm -hmm. um, they've it, it's it's embedded trauma responses and um, they they don't know any better so um, trying to not internalize their behavior into your own sphere is quite challenging but it's important to set boundaries so that's another key is boundary setting what you will yeah. and will not tolerate in terms of someone else's behavior towards you and what what you expect and will offer in return. Um, so that again comes back to the clear communication, the active listening, um, the ability to to take on different perspectives in order to be able to communicate with that person. That is that is fantastic. And you know, as teachers, you know, we need people like yourself who are there to help us do it within ourselves first, so we can then pass that on to our that's it. Our, it comes back our to our fill, fill your own cup first. Yeah. So the idea, like we said right at the beginning of the show, is we need to, as teachers or also as individuals in our own lives, learn uh, and develop those tools in our toolbox to fill our own cup. And then yeah. the brimming cup that we have and the overflow that comes from that then fills the cups of others. It's it's brilliant. Um, I. I am delighted to have had you on. I feel a bit cheeky because I feel a bit like the last half hour there, I just had a little therapy session for myself. I'm hoping that... Uh, that Sorry, it, I'll invoice you later. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that the people listening have been able to get something from it because um, it seems that this, 
what you do goes a long way beyond education. It goes into, you know, it goes it into to, to lives. It goes into the way, you know, we, we view yeah. everything, really. Very much so. My ultimate my ultimate goal is to share the knowledge and experience that I have had from my existence to help others to empower themselves to do the same. Well, thank you for, for helping me today and I'm sure for helping uh, countless other people as well. Um, it's it's oh, been wonderful pleasure, today. Harry. It's, it's flown so by. I, I looked up a few I seconds know. ago and I was like, oh no, where's the time gone? Where's that time gone? Because <laughs> most people say, oh no, an hour and a half, that's a really long time. And it's like, well, it is quite a long time. But when you have something that you're passionate about, that you want to talk about, then yeah. it seems to fly by. So thank you very much thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure and yet, but before you leave where where yeah. you said people can find you on on linkedin is there any is there anywhere else they can find you or anything any other particular place they yeah, should look so for you in terms of um all the things that i do linkedin is is probably the the first stop at the moment while the website's being developed uh, further um, in terms of my creative artistic side of things, I'm on Instagram as Bianca Peel Artist. Um, in, and that's another side hustle, so to speak, towards what I'm trying to share with the world. And uh, those would be the main places. Yeah. So anytime you're looking, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, it's usually Bianca Peel EDU as in education. You can find Excellent. it on most handles with that. Yeah, thank you so well, much, Harry. I'll have a look for you, and I'll uh, I'll, I'll find you on Instagram as well, which uh, I'll be wonderful. And I might art. see you at uh, one of the many conferences that are coming up this year. Oh, there there is a chance, although I won't be at IATF for this year. So, um, oh, if you're going to okay. be there, I won't see you there. I'm afraid. Um, there's there's a there's a world retail conference the week after that my daughter's going to speaking at. So, um, fantastic. We've, uh, yeah. yeah, we've we've prioritised there um that sounds wonderful so well best of luck with be that fun. one thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for being here and you uh, too. i'll speak to you very soon wonderful thanks very much good night everybody Cheers. thanks very much for listening everybody we'll be back next week um and we'll, we'll speak to you all soon you've been listening to teachers talk radio tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org we look forward to hearing from